California, a new land has come into being. Its purpose is enlightenment. Its product is Coast Boys Pod. Best Coast Boys Podcast coming back for the Thursday of week two. We're in week two, John. We've done so much to try to like block out what happened on Sunday. Uh, it, it, despite the fact that we've been studying it, like you know, yeah, <laughs> like post grad students, <laughs> uh, we've done so much to block it out that it, it feels like we've lost track of the fact that we've the celebration part of being in season. But we are fully in the season now, uh, aren't we? I, well, I, I should introduce myself. I am Landon McCool, and uh, you can catch me on at Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can find me here on this podcast and also on the Locked On Cowboys podcast with Marcus Mosier, and I'm joined. With my buddy, my pal, my co-host, John Owning. Joning, say what's up to the people, please. How's it going, everybody? John Owning here. Follow me on Twitter at John Owning, J-O-H-N-O-W-N-I-N-G. Make sure you guys check out my work at the Dallas Morning News. Just had an article come out today called What's Going Wrong with that? What's Up with Dak Prescott and the Cowboys Passing Attack. Make sure you guys pay attention. Go read that. Learn something. Put it on your fridge. And yeah, you know, just sitting here working on my next... Uh, mismatches column for the score ready to talk some cowboys yeah we're gonna uh we're gonna do some cowboys talk you know today being a uh thursday well it's wednesday for us you're hearing this on a thursday we are going to do our normal uh cowboys uh film review uh today we're gonna do the offense we're just gonna basically talk about what we saw i'm sure john will include a little bit of what uh he's discussed in in uh these articles uh, sprinkled in here, but we're just basically going to have a discussion on what we saw from the All-22 uh, game tape of the offense from the game on Sunday. Uh, but before we do that, John, we do have a nerd alert to get into. Uh-oh. Nerd alert! Nerd alert! Nerd alert! Nerd alert! Nerd alert! Nerd alert! All right, nerd alert. And, and this one was an alert, it felt mm-hmm. like, this morning, right? Yeah, Henry Cavill has announced that he is no longer playing Superman. Now, first off, I, I mean, even though I was more of a DC Comics guy as a kid, I am definitely more of a Marvel Comics movie guy. Mm-hmm. I, I have never really gotten fully on board with the DC Comics yeah. universe. You and the rest you of, the, of the universe. You, this is the world. <laughs> uh, but, but this was, you know, I have to say, despite the a lot of floundering obviously going on over there, a lot of and, you know, trust me, I, I mean, I've got friends who work at Warner Brothers. There is <laughs> so much more than, than the rest of the world really even knows that is just floundering over there as far as this goes. But it's you know, it. I guess this was one of the moves that I really I didn't expect. I really thought that you know, I, I thought for sure we would get, uh, you know, some of the more uh, you know, Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. I, I thought some of these guys would start falling. Up. I mean, you know, the, they have a a a uh, Joker movie that's coming out with uh, you know, that's being done by Martin Scorsese with Robert De Niro in it, and 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 you know, and. And I, I thought all these would kind of blow up before we got the guy that was kind of, you know, 
made by this part at least you know his career was he's most well known for playing superman at this point i would say uh is is already ready to kind of leave the franchise i i just i mean it's not like he's even done a ton outside of this to kind of transition away i, I just uh, he signed on I guess to my, be the lead in like the witcher right for netflix I, yeah and I, i'm thinking that that is probably the one thing that gave him enough confidence or the felt feel good about kind of leaving this and just kind of giving it up. But, you know, I just, it was, I gotta say it was a little bit surprising. What, what were your thoughts when you first read Does it? Does this mean we don't get any more Superman movies? Because I'm totally for that. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like I'm on board with that too. Now it's just, it's just, I don't, I don't feel like I need to see another Superman yeah. movie. It's just not, the character is just not as interesting in the context of the world now mm-hmm. that he was, the, you know, even twenty years ago. Yeah. So, uh, but let's get to the real. Let's get to the real part here. Uh, it, wh- who's he playing in the MCU? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Marvel's going to try to bring him onto one of their projects. Well, gonna... I, you know, they're looking for a Captain Britain. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, that's a good name. That's a good one. I like that. So I'm just saying, like, and I I don't want to take credit for that. I definitely saw that on somewhere online, but that was I thought a very good uh, uh, thought process there. So keep your eyes on that. And then the only other nerd alert I want to go on before we hop over to the the bulk of this, uh, Captain Marvel, as we we talked about last week, had released some pictures. We should expect a trailer either the end of this week or may or maybe next week and i'm thinking probably more likely next week uh because it feels like they started to release even some more nuggets about the information in those mm-hmm. pictures uh so it, it all kind of you know just interesting that she's having, starring ha- the movie with her powers yeah they're, they're make they're kind of doing it in sort of like a non-traditional uh, origin story mm-hmm. way which is interesting I, I do like the idea that they're moving more away from the you know kind of watching the uh, person struggle with getting exactly, their powers and, yeah. you know like at least or, or at least if they're telling that they're not telling that in a linear way exactly. anymore so uh look for that trailer uh uh sooner rather than later um and i am hopefully this week like i said but if not then i would think definitely next week i need some scrolls uh, in my life they're, they're coming and you and you know what honestly john you can have you can have scrolls in your life and you wouldn't even know it yeah, right it's now. true um, who you could be a scroll. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk some cowboys. Shall yes, we? sir. Okay, so first thing, um, checking in with uh, injuries. Uh, we're recording this before the uh, Wednesday press conference or actually no it's after but i didn't hear any updates on too many injuries other than they're trying to work uh uh gregory back from the concussion he's still in the uh concussion protocol if i'm not mistaken um and he uh i I, it sounds like there's optimism that he's gonna play on sunday now (laughs) the funny thing there is also kind of you know it's a two-parter because you, you you still are wondering what exactly is the situation with uh you know his eligibility i guess would be the best way to put it um i you know i didn't see i didn't see anything else updating that i haven't heard anything else updating anything on randy gregory i, I have seen you know uh uh, Jerry Jones come out and very strongly imply that uh, there's not much 
there. Yeah. Uh, that, that it was a lot of speculation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I can't, yeah. Like. I mean, and, it, and, and so I guess, uh, so right now I think, you know, we're hopeful that he can play, uh, you know, get back into practice as week goes on. But, uh, you know, we'll, 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 uh, tomorrow will probably be a more, uh, telling news. It doesn't look like, uh, Xavier Woods, um, uh, or, uh, Dayton Jones are quite ready to be back yeah. yet. Um, so I would expect them to probably miss this week as well. Um, Anything else you want to update uh, about the team currently? Injuries? I mean, there's. I don't think there's any. Other. Oh, they they signed uh, Xavier Suafilo, oh, yes. who is a, a, a former guard for the um, for the Houston yeah. Texans. He, he went to UCLA, big right? Big fan and of I him remember, in college. Yeah, I I loved him coming. Not in. a big um, fan of him in the NFL. He's been pretty. No, bad. <laughs> he's been really really bad. Yeah, and so I was kind of surprised. Maybe this is an opportunity for him to kind of uh, rehab that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's only been with Houston, right? I believe so. Yeah, I mean, he has, I think he might like, have been in training camp with another team. Yeah, I, 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 I really was surprised because I really liked him a lot mm-hmm. coming out of college. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what what he can do for them. And I, and I thought it was interesting that they they worked him out before the season, signed Kadeem Edwards for Week One, and then brought him back in for Week Two just mm-hmm. so they had, didn't have to guarantee his his uh, his salary. Yeah. I thought that was smart. So interesting. Uh, so yeah, those are all the transactions. Let's get into uh, the coaches' tape. So uh, you know, I decided to to pull the bandaid, and we would do the offense today, and then tomorrow we can talk about maybe a little bit happier things with the defense and how they played. But um, uh, you know, look overall, I, I, for me, it felt like a tale of of play calling versus execution. You know, I, I think everyone's kind of taking this opportunity to, and I, and I, when we mentioned it, you know, on Sunday, I'm pretty sure that this was going to happen, that everyone's taking this as their opportunity to kind of fall into their narratives about what they think is wrong with the team. And, and they're using the, the, the loss to uh, kind of just con- as confirmation bias, basically of, of what uh, their particular issue of, of the, with the team is T- to me. I thought at the time, and, may, and maybe I'm suffering from this too. I mean, I, I want to be upfront that I, I don't like this phenomenon. So if maybe I am suffering from this too, but I at least think it should be uh, put out there. But to me, you know, if I have confirmation being biased, it's that watching the game, it, it felt like the team was uh, was disjointed mm-hmm. and, and not just playing badly, but like like they hadn't got enough yeah. work. And, and I think after going back and, and watching, uh, you know, the performances and, and, you know, the early performances of the first half and, and the way that a lot of these guys, and specifically the guys who, like Dak and Zeke, who didn't get a lot of work in the preseason, you know, and especially Zeke, who got no work, literally no work in the preseason, and Dak who got very few snaps. You know, Dak starts out in the first half 6 of 10 for 46 yards. He's doing 4.6 yards per attempt, which is absolutely atrocious, yep. right? And then the second half he comes back at uh, 13 of 19, 124 yards, and, and it's still a 6.5 yards per attempt, which isn't, you know, great by any stretch of the imagination, but it's it's – it's better reasonable <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's reasonable for a first game you know mm-hmm. player uh, third year starting quarterback in his first year first game back in the in in the nfl season so 
Uh, and then Dak, similarly, you know, he starts out in the first half, and the, the, and the carries are pretty split. He no, got you about, mean Zeke? Uh, Zach. I mean, sorry, Zeke. Yeah, uh, and Zeke in the second half, and the uh, between the first and second half, his carries are pretty even. He got, I think, seven in the first half, and then eight in the second half. In the first half, he averaged two point six yards per carry, and the second half, he averaged six point four yards per carry. So, uh, to me. It, and, and like this is something that my looking at the stats only kind of confirmed mm-hmm. what my eyes were seeing is that this looks like a team that because of the circumstance of the injuries that happened with Martin and Frederick was unable to get its best players. It's star, it, you know, Zeke and Dak specifically, but not just Dak and Zeke, the, but the the rest of the offensive line out there together, the rest of the wide receivers out there together, uh, and I think. It 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 made for an incredibly slow start as this offense was still trying to figure out what it's doing on on a passing level without having that very crucial uh, you know dress rehearsal game three uh, and, and an opportunity to get all those snaps together. What what are your thoughts on? I guess the question of laying the the issue of the offense at the feet of play calling versus execution. Well, I thought essentially the biggest problem facing the Cowboys offense was miscommunications. There was miscommunications all game long. I mean, Jeff Schwartz highlighted a lot of the miscommunications of the Cowboys offensive line was facing throughout the game. And then you saw kind of miscommunications in the with the weapons. You know, you had wide receivers getting laid off the ball, not knowing their assignments. You know, they were looking at Dak with confused looks, you know, kind of like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing on these plays. And I think... As you said, that comes from the lack of continuity playing together, the lack of snaps together. It's something they're going to have to get ironed out as they come along. But I, the only problem about the play calling that I personally have is the fact that there weren't more deep shots added in. You know, I wish they would have been able to test that Carolina Panthers secondary a little bit more deep because I think that's the weak point of their offense. I think they're... They're strongest the closer you get to the line of scrimmage, and I think the Cowboys were trying to attack too many of those shorter intermediate zones. I would have liked to see them attack deep. But besides that, I thought they were, you know, pretty, especially in the first couple drives, I think you and Nick were talking about it, about how diverse they were with their formations and and their personnel. You know, they didn't give too many equal looks. There was a lot of interesting concepts they were running on offense. You saw some cool pistol things that they were doing. They had some nice screen concepts that they used. So I just think that they need to be, like you said, they need more continuity. They need more time together to be able to iron out these little details. Yeah, and I, I think this is a good segue to kind of get into our conversation about the, the passing game overall. Um, you know, I, I, I went and looked, and I kind of broke it down um, by players. You know, here's the thing. When, when, when you don't get enough reps in practice, you know, or enough reps in preseason, you know, the, the guys that suffer are the guys that you're the least familiar with, right? Like when you're a quarterback. And so I went up and split up, uh, Dax targets based on guys that he's familiar with guys that he's been in the league with his entire time. So Beasley, Swaim, Zeke, Terrence Williams, those four guys have been with Zeke, his entire career. Right. Uh, so, with those guys, there were 18 targets to them for 14 catches and 114 yards. So that's 8.1 yards per uh, per uh, catch and 
completion uh, versus targets for those guys. When you talk about the other guys, the guys that are new additions, so the guys that you know have gotten way less work, especially because of what has happened this preseason, way less work with Dak than normally would. Uh, you know, we're talking about uh, Deontay Thompson, uh, Hearns, uh, Gallup. Uh, I put Rod Smith in there because Tavon, I mean this, yeah, yeah, Tavon and 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 uh, and Jarwin, they accounted for uh, eleven targets for five catches and sixty yards, so a, a drop all the way to forty five percent in completion there. I, I think to me, when you look at that, when you look at the increase, uh, and, and then going back to Zeke, kind of, you go look at the increase there. Uh, it, it looks like a team that was still trying to work out how to do how to use all these moving pieces, how to, how to, how, how all these pieces work inside the offense and probably the players themselves trying to figure out exactly how they work inside the offense. So, um, you know, I think I totally agree that they probably didn't take enough deep shots. I think there were times that, that they were, there were deep shots in the patterns, you know, but I think that there were either Dak didn't look it off those guys. I mean, there were three or four different instances where Dak had to look off a guy either because there was pressure or because it was it, the guy wasn't open when he got to him in his progression. Yeah. And then the guy, you know, as he's getting to a different spot in his progression, the guy breaks, then breaks. I have, free, a, you I know? have kind so, of a theory about that. I do too, but you, I want to hear yours. Yeah, Go ahead. Um, well, because Joe Looney's a new center and he's not exactly the most accurate and precise snapper. You saw a lot of times where it kind of, messed up the timing of Dak Prescott's drop. It forced him to be uh, too quick with his footwork at times, and it caused him at other times to not hit the back of his drop at the right opportunity when the routes are breaking. And that caused yeah. him to be a little bit of a little bit slow moving from his progressions, or he was too fast because he was trying to speed up his process. Trying to speed to up. up. See, so I, 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 I'm saying that too. Yeah. I saw a lot of that where it felt like his head was not – in sync with when the route like mm-hmm. it's like he was turning his head as the routes were breaking open and that to me doesn't seem that's not like a quarterback who doesn't know what he's doing that's a quarterback who's not quite in sync yet with the progression exactly. his progressions in terms where the receivers are in route yeah. a lot of people they you know? don't understand how important timing is to an offense yes. you can get all the open receivers you want but if the quarterback is not looking his way at the right time it's not going to matter you know you got to have you got to have those timing of the routes breaking be synced up with Dak Prescott's progression reads and that just was all messed up whether it was because Looney's poor snaps or whatever it may be, but it's just, just, unfamiliarity, just weren't, yeah, unfamiliarity. They just weren't in sync at all, really. Yeah, I think, I mean, I talked about this on the Locked On show a little bit, and it's it's like I think people need to understand that when you play, I mean, if you've played football before, even on a high school level, like you understand the importance of eye discipline mm-hmm. and, and having to know where to look. And the reason they teach you eye discipline, and I'm not even talking about a quarterback. I'm just talking about like linebacker or any of these positions the, the, when you're close to the ball, things happen so insanely. It's 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 madness. It's it's bodies flying every which direction. You don't see it from an elevated point of view because you're not playing Madden, right? Yeah. So, what they teach you on all different levels, but especially a quarterback, is about where your eyes need to look, how your eyes need to progress mm-hmm. across the field. Because otherwise, if they don't teach you that. You're just like wildly yeah. sh- swinging your head your back football. and forth, and 
Yeah, it's it's so. There's no what rhyme is, or reason to anything. What they're taught to do is to look at certain receivers at certain times, and those are supposed to correspond with when in the route the wide receiver is supposed to be breaking open. Mm-hmm. So if the quarterback is looking at a guy who's still in the stem of his route and and he needs to move on to his next progression and the guy never makes his break until mm-hmm. after he's, you know, after he's made his move to to look across the field yeah. or or even the other way. If the guy's make, made his break and he's, you know, like there was time there was one time where Swain ran a deep post. Oh yeah. And exactly and he was about. open and by the time Dak's head got to him Swaim had run out of end zone to run through and had basically had to stop. And so Dak was loading up to throw it to him, but the safety had time to catch up to him because there was nowhere else for Swaim to go. So it's, it's, if, if it's all, you know, and, and that's not necessarily Dak is a bad quarterback. Yeah. That is this quarterback and these wide receivers need to get on, on the same yeah. plan about the timing of when the, when the quarterback's eyes are looking at the receiver and where the wide receiver is in their route at that. And moment. even the times where he was in sync, there was too much pressure on him to be able to make plays. Yeah. There was a couple of times where you saw him getting ready to throw, but then there was pressure in his face. He had to roll out and that totally throws all of the timing based routes to a, through a loop. And then from there you saw, like you said, the familiar targets with Dak did a really good job of finding open spaces in those scramble drills. But those guys that were less familiar with Dak, you saw them kind of confused, not knowing exactly where to go in those scramble drills. So you didn't see Dak target them as much. And I think that really hindered the offense. You know what? I, and I think, to go back to your point, I that Jarwin deep shot play, mm-hmm. I start, I'm starting to think that, that may have been a thing with Jarwin too, mm-hmm. is that when Dak broke the pocket, Jarwin just instinctively kind of Kept kept on going upfield instead of, you know, I I think when Dak broke the pocket, Dak was operating under scramble uh, scramble drill rules. rules. And I I don't know that Jarwin's job was necessarily to kind of keep drifting downfield. I think it probably would have been better for Jarwin since he had so much open space to open up his body and come back towards that Dak or because at that point sideline more. Yeah. Cause, cause you're not necessarily, cause he wasn't, I mean, at that point it's like Dak scrambling. I there's all this open space, mm-hmm. you know, let, if I catch the ball at all, it's a big play. Let's not like get greedy. Let's just c- get the completion. Mm-hmm. He's breaking out. Let me get in a better position to complete that pass. So I'm mm-hmm. looking at him and he's not having to, make some difficult down-the-field yeah. throw while on the run. Yeah, the point you know? of the scramble, Joe, is not to technically just get open. You have to get open in a way where it make, where the quarterback can get you the ball. You know. Yeah, it's more of the, considering the fact that the quarterback is not mm-hmm. able, as, as able to set his feet, yeah. you need to present yourself as an easy target and get ready to catch potentially an errant throw because the guy the guy that's moving the guy that saw the ball is moving and not setting his feet and delivering a strike yeah, you know totally agree. um so i i think you know look again did dak play poorly yeah, yeah. dak played yeah, very <laughs> poorly but is 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 that an indictment on how good or bad of a quarterback he is i don't think it's a full indictment mm-hmm. like i think that there's this shouldn't be the totalitarian, the total totality of what we are judging him on, and I also think that you know there are people that are trying to you know lump this in with the last eight games of last year. The re, the, the reason that this looks the way it does is because of the changes that were made to correct 
the last eight games of last mm-hmm. year. The, I mean, this is a, it's a completely different unit of people that he's throwing the ball to. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, you know, as we've all pointed out regularly. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that, uh, you know, he has earned a, a little bit of opportunity to kind of work this out, especially since, you know, unfortunately due to injury, we kind of robbed him. You know, injury robbed him of an opportunity mm-hmm. to work it out in the preseason. Yeah, you know, this is a thing that it, we got to remember that just this was just week one. There's 15 more games. There's a larger sample size we need to be until we start making jumping to conclusions like Dak Prescott is not a good quarterback. He's not the quarterback of the future for the Cowboys and so on and so forth. Let's give them some time. Let's see how they do this week and the next week. And then after that, we can start coming to some some conclusions about what kind of player Dak is at the present time. Now this week is a is obviously a huge game mm-hmm. because it, because it's a division game. I mean, it, it's a it has higher has higher you know levels of a consequence on it because it's a playoff consequence on it because it's a division game. This is a you know I mean as far as forgivable or or you know tolerable losses, this is definitely not one of them. Mm-hmm. So he we've got to find a way to fix this and get it going for this game. Um, but we'll you know obviously that will it will be judged on a much different level because he's got another week of experience under him. So let's move on to the running game uh, before we finish up. Uh, I I feel like, you know, a lot of what we talked about with Dak was kind of the situation with Zeke. I I did think it was funny. I mean, I I quoted the number earlier, you know, 2.6 yards per carry the first half versus 6.4 yards per carry in the second half. Uh, I did think it was funny that, you know, just to kind of further drive the point home of, practice and uh, uh, preseason reps, Zeke and Rod each had one carry of five or more yards in the first half, okay? Zeke, it was Zeke's sixth carry Mm -hmm. before he got that uh, seven-yard run. Rod only had one carry in the first half, and it was automatically a five-yard run. And I I think it has everything to do with the fact that Rod took all the carries in the preseason and was working with this offensive line this whole time, and this was the first six times that Zeke had ever run the ball behind these guys. So I I, I think uh, for a different set of reasons, but, uh, well, really actually the same reason, Mm -hmm. but from a different perspective – Zeke, you know, was kind of denied an opportunity to really get any reps in the preseason, uh, and he also uh, was was rusty and having to work back. And, and look, we we knew about Zeke already having that phenomenon, even with some preseason reps. That there was Zeke had had issues kind of starting slow the last two seasons. So this isn't even that new for him. But I think that uh, you know when it, when you combine it with what was going on with Dak and the rest of the offense. Uh, it was debilitating that we couldn't get the running game going early. Yeah. You know, on the positive end of the spectrum, I did see some interesting concepts they were using. They were using some zone yeah. read. I think I believe that was a speed option they used to get the touchdown. It was, pin yeah. Pin and pull, they were really effective on the pin and pull. That was Rod's actually one run was that for over five yards was that pin and pull concept. Both yep. of Zeke's runs over 10 yards were pin and pull concepts. I. And, you know, and that's the thing that we talked about a lot leading up to the game is we want to attack the edges. We want to get our our interior linemen pulling out in front of uh, Zeke so they can attack, you know, that secondary, make those linebackers flow, take those defense, those really good defensive tackles out of the game. And when they did that with those pin and pulls, it was super successful. And that's something, yeah. especially this week against the Giants going against Snacks Harrison, who's the best run defending nose tackle in the NFL bar none. 
I think they're going to have to do similar this week. So before we get out of here, let's have a quick conversation about the offensive line. Um, mm. My thoughts in general were I thought that Tyron Smith played really poorly, just generally. Mm. I mean, I just I mean for him, yeah. I think uh, I, I think the penalties were killer, and he had the a penalties were killer. He was getting a little bit off balance. I still think he was there fine was, if you judge him on and off a normal offensive tackles game. Sure, yeah, but by yeah, yeah. Tyron but for Smith's him, standards yeah. it was certainly a subpar. Yeah, exactly. And and I think, you know, there was just, you know, a couple different times I saw him uh, get beat in key plays by K1 Short on backside cutoffs, which, I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen. All, uh, you know? And also on those <laughs> but, backside cutoffs, the Cowboys are really unique in what they ask Tyron Smith to do. You don't see too many left tackles coming all the way to, you know, trying to reach a three technique a three or a two eye technique defensive tackle. And they asked Tyron Smith to do that often because he's so athletic. He's so good that he can get it done. Well, the ironic thing was is that the way Kaiwan Short was able to beat him was by actually going outside. Mm-hmm. He is that he actually looped outside and then and Tyron actually overran yeah. him. He he got he went too far on the cutoff mm-hmm. and then and short got around kind of him and was able to make a, a tackle. Bit. Yeah. Uh so uh, you know, I think I just think that again, I'm not concerned about these guys. I just think that it, they missed on a large amount of work, and I think it, you know, to me, it, it all it, the math all adds up. Like you know, the the first versus second half performance, the performance in relation to how the defense played, and even the defensive players that 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 didn't get work, like the guys like Sean Lee and and like those who who played but not very much. Those were the ones who played the poorest on defense as well, you know. So I just feel like, I I feel like it was it was obviously an extremely tough game, and really, you know, the Panthers didn't have a great game either, guys. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like both of these teams, uh, you know, came in here, and I think they played with two defensive heavy teams, yeah. and uh, and and struggled. I wonder how much out. the I mean, home field advantage played into a part, whereas. It made them, you know, in a comfortable environment at home, allowed them to play just a little bit better than a traveling Cowboys. Because I think they were both, like you said, similarly played poorly in similar facets of the game. Maybe at least they were used to the field. I mean, I think the field, from what uh, it understands, was not the best. But, I mean, you can't make excuses like yeah. that. But it, it's just, who knows? I mean, it, it really, to me, it was a 16-8 to 8 game. But I, I feel like if the game had been just another 10 minutes it would have been a lot closer game because the Cowboys were starting to kind of waken up a little bit. The drives were looking a lot more cohesive. Three and uh, outs were you know. stopping. Yeah, I think they were starting to figure out things a little bit better, uh, sorted out. So that's my hope is that obviously that, that kind of trend continues uh, as we go into next week. Uh, that's it for us today. Um, guys, make sure you're following us on Twitter at McCoolBCB. At John Owning, that's J O H N O W N I N G, and at Best Coast Boys with a Z. Um, and make sure you guys follow Mike Fisher uh, at Fish Sports. Uh, make sure you catch us on Cowboys 24 7. That's 247sports.com forward slash NFL forward slash Dallas dash Cowboys. Uh, you can always download us on the Cowboy Sports Radio app on your iOS, iPhone, or Google Play Android. And make sure that you rate and review us on iTunes. Five stars only, please. Why, John? Don't be a hater. I will be forced We don't want to you to be you. a hater. John will fight you, and it's not going to be pretty. So make sure you guys join us tomorrow. We're going to uh, be back reviewing the defensive All-22 uh, tape. 
Uh, we'll should have you know a little bit better news there, hopefully, because they, <laughs> be they at least play well. Happy podcast. Yeah, exactly. So uh, uh, until then, make sure uh, you keep it tuned here and uh, happy trails. Happy trails.